2: I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. Today, talking to our pal Aditi Kinkabwala, who's got tons of insight around the AFC North, including with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where GM Kevin Colbert just addressed the media this week. He had the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. Many changes coming to that Steelers organization, including coaching staff, shakeups. We'll get into all of that. But Aditi, great to have you back here with us. Let's start right there with what feels like an end of an era of sorts. Obviously, with Ben Roethlisberger retiring, GM Kevin Colbert will soon make his exit as well following the draft. Um, What's the feeling around the organization around this time of transition, if you will?
1: I don't know if there's a full acknowledgement that it really is a turning of a chapter. And I think so much of it, Red, has to do is if it really is a turning of a page, because let's not forget that probably the most dominant personality in that entire organization is Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. Right. And when we talk about Kevin Colbert and him being the general manager, this is probably the best example in the entire National Football League of a head coach and a GM working in concert together. And as we head into the pro day circuit, in fact, I'll throw this out there right now. Yes, I'm dying to be a fly on the wall with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert on the pro day circuit. And Mike Tomlin will, of course, never allow it. But that's because <laughs> nobody travels together like the two of them. Yeah. I mean, they are at almost every single pro day with each other and, um, you know, whether they're flying on a jet together or driving in a car or whatever it is, however they get there, they take prospects to dinner together. They have dessert with prospects together. They <laughs> out prospects' parents together like they did with the Edmonds brothers when they took right. out Tremaine and Terrell Edmonds and their parents. And the two of them really... I don't want to say, they see eye to eye, but I don't want that to sound negative, because it's not as if either man is afraid to say, I view this this way, and the other one says, I view this this way. I think there's a really good conversation, a meeting of the minds, all of that. And so it's funny, because we met with Kevin Colbert this week, Rhett, and and he is a part of the process in choosing his successor or in helping Art Rooney, the team president and owner, choose his successor. And I said, well, what about Mike Tomlin? Like, isn't Mike Tomlin part of that? Sure. Because Mike Tomlin is so used to working hand in hand with his general manager that you would think that it would really matter who he is comfortable with and who he wants to be with.
2: And, you know, you mentioned the... Pro Day appearances, which I feel like will be more intriguing and more talked about in terms of their attendance at which Pro Days, probably more so this year than ever. Now knowing we knew before that the Steelers were going to need a quarterback at some point. Seems a little bit more desperate now this year to find that next guy, right? Even though Kevin Colbert said at his press conference, you know, this week that uh, Mason Rudolph would be the starter if the season started today. And it's
1: nice to
3: have that yeah. luxury.
1: Hey, 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 hey! Don't let's drag that one out. If the season started, started. today, right? Which it doesn't, it so. Does
2: Thankfully for everyone, <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So if the season started today, Mason Rudolph would be the starter and that's a right. nice luxury for them to have at least also, you know,
1: he default. is the only quarterback that is currently under contract,
2: oh, under contract on the right. Cause, uh, Dwayne Haskins is what an RFA or a, you have a free right. agent of some sort. Um, okay. So, where do you feel like the plan for a quarterback stance at this point with pro days coming up with the combine on the horizon next week and a chance to really start to to get a feel for some of these players?
1: So I think the truth of the matter is, is that there's not necessarily a very, very obvious franchise quarterback in the draft. Mm -hmm. You know, like the way a Joe Burrow was, perhaps. Um, I don't know, quite frankly, that Ben Roethlisberger was an obvious, this is a guy that's going to lead our club for the next 18 years. But there was a very, very strong feeling of who he was and what his potential was. Is there the same strong feeling for a quarterback in this draft who could step in immediately? You know, we've heard a lot about how Mike Tomlin has made eyes at Malik Willis. Well, let's be honest. He's made eyes at Aaron Rodgers and he made eyes at Mason Rudolph and Mike Tomlin (laughs) makes eyes at people. So I don't know that I'm willing to read into that, but for everything I've heard about the young quarterback from Liberty is that he's still a project and that while he may have a great amount of potential, he's even further behind than Trey Lance was. And Trey Lance couldn't get on the field this past year as a starting quarterback. So is that necessarily a real answer? Now, everybody in the city of Pittsburgh would love Love, love, love for Kenny Pickett to be the answer. Sure.
2: Pickett. Oh, swing to the back. Abram has room. Racing to the pylon and into the end
1: zone. And for Kenny Pickett and his allegedly small hands to come in and rival Joe Burrow and be the savior. I don't know. I mean, Pitt, the Steelers have about as much familiarity with Pickett as they can, any player. player, Right. (laughs) I mean, they play at the same stadium. They train at the same building. Literally, for any of your listeners who don't know, Rhett, the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers share the same exact building. There's just kind of a dividing line in between. It's the same parking lot. It's the same building. The practice fields are all out back, and everybody could look out upon them. So at any point, Mike Tomlin could have stepped up and looked out his back window and Mm -hmm. seen Kenny Pickett. I think... Because there has been so much chatter about the desire for a veteran quarterback. The Steelers have always had four quarterbacks going into camp. Kevin Colbert said their expectation is to have four quarterbacks going into camp. I really feel they will bring in a veteran quarterback who can compete.
2: Now, you mentioned Malik Willis. And, uh, you know, I do another podcast with uh, my pal, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Smooth the Sticks. Um, We were talking on Monday um, and uh, DJ made it very clear um, as he pegged the Steelers to select Malik Willis in his latest mock draft. He does these mock drafts based on what he's hearing around the league and the sentiment around the league more than any other sentiment around any player is that the Steelers love Malik Willis.
3: Malik Willis will step up,
0: directing traffic. Now he's going to run. That's a long way to go. It is. But Malik Willis has wheels. Willis inside the
2: 10. (laughs) (laughs) But he also mentioned this in his description of the pick. The Steelers are looking to get more dynamic at quarterback. And yes, Malik Willis (laughs) is an athletic playmaker. And so that fits there which would be, you know, a little bit of a departure the way that they've played quarterback in the last, you know, 18 years. Right, Aditi? Red,
1: Red, Red. I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but did you, do you remember who they trotted out at quarterback a year ago? I mean, God bless Ben Roethlisberger at 39 years of age.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a, yes, it, getting more dynamic Anybody from that. would is, be more dynamic
1: yeah, in quarterback. I would be more dynamic in quarterback. That's true,
2: but it feels like a stylistic... Type of movement, at least in the way that we're talking about it here at this stage, on you know, February, uh, end of February.
1: Well, you know what, to be fair, and this is another interesting point as related to Mason Rudolph and the fact that there are offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who is in his second year and who was not really given kind of a fair assessment or should not be assessed off of last year yeah. because, again, He was left with 39-year-old quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, right, who had a way of playing, a way of doing business, and a way of not being able to move anymore. Um, Which, again, at 39 years of age and all of the hits that he took, I am not knocking him for that. But in any case, um, Mike Tomlin has made a point of saying that he is intrigued by quarterback mobility and that that is something he is studying going back all the way to the bye week. I mean, when the Steelers were coming out of the bye week and the question was, how did you spend your bye week, he went out of his way to say that he had been studying quarterback mobility.
2: Man, quarterback mobility is valued, not only by me, um, but everyone. it's just a component of today's game and increasingly so.
1: And that that is something that he has brought up. And the Steelers have, you know, institutionally tried to dial that back a little bit and say that mobility is not necessarily Lamar Jackson mobility. Um, it may not even be Joe Burrow being able to bleed out of a rush and escape from the pocket mobility, but just mobility a little bit you know, as a defensive mind, and he thinks about the way that the game is changing and what you need to shut down and what you need to contain and what you need to stop, then what is the opposing offense there? And I think that he believes it's a quarterback that has more athleticism that can not only move the pocket, but maybe bleed out of the pocket or maybe be an 11th guy you need to account for, um, a guy that means that you can't ever leave a, a gap unblocked, you, like all of that. I think that that's, A piece of it but again the question is the Pittsburgh Steelers will always tell you that they are competing for a Super Bowl every single year that they are never in rebuild mode that they are never treading water that they are not looking for a bridge in any way but having said that if you don't see a franchise quarterback in the draft this year and there is not an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson available to you at a reasonable price then is getting you a bridge to be able to compete is shoring up that offensive line and running the ball, playing great defense and running the ball. The old formula of what the national football league was forever and how the Pittsburgh Steelers won their Lombardi trophies. Can that get you somewhere?
2: Free agency is something, Aditi, that we don't typically spend a lot of time talking about the Steelers with. Right. Uh, I think what Kevin Colbert mentioned it this week, they don't typically have, the cap room to go out and make those types of moves, right? And he's like, well, now we have all this cap room, what do we do with it? Um, what, what do you what do you see on the free agency front?
1: Oh my God, I would love some aggression. Yeah. Like, just, don't you love the story of that? Like, oh my gosh, we I finally have money. Let's go spend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, again, and this is one of those things where Kevin Colbert said traditionally, this is not a team that is, you know at the forefront of being hyper aggressive when it comes to free agency a lot of that because is because their institutional philosophy is that they grow and develop their own but i do think that when you see i think we've seen some adjustments or breaks from tradition in the last few years so i remember the year before the Steelers traded a number one overall pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. I was really pressing Mike Tomlin because at the time Patrick Peterson, the Steelers were desperate at corner. Patrick Peterson was supposedly getting out of Arizona or wanted out of Arizona. And I just remember asking Mike Tomlin, why would you not trade a first-round pick for a known commodity as opposed to somebody that you're essentially taking a flyer on? You know, a first-round yeah. pick is not a guaranteed deal. No, no matter what position you're at. It's you barely 50-50. Yeah. Yes, like, I'm old enough to remember when people thought TJ Watt was a reach in the first round. <laughs> you know, like, they're, they're, you never really know. And so my argument was essentially, if you've got a guy who's been in the league for a year or two and you know exactly how he is and how he plays in the NFL game... Why not go get him? Because you know exactly what you're getting out of him. And he's still on his rookie deal. And Mike Tomlin was just adamant. No, we want our own. We want to grow and develop our own. We, you know, blah, blah, blah. We want our own. And then exhibit B is that the Steelers, just like the Packers and the Bengals, have never guaranteed money beyond the first year of a deal. Well, a deal wasn't getting done with TJ Watt without doing so. And so after, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks of back and forth and nothing happening and TJ Watt practicing over on the side of training camp, kind of having a hold in (sighs) of some sort and my getting ripped every which way by a segment of Steelers fandom, because I kept saying just because you've always done business one way doesn't mean you have to keep doing it that way. The Steelers did indeed go ahead and adjust the way they create contracts make TJ's camp a little bit happier, make themselves a little bit happier. TJ Watt is here and look at what he rewards them with, defensive player of the year. And so I say all of that in a very long-winded way, Rhett, to say that we love to say the Steelers are slave to tradition, that the Steelers stand by their traditions, that the Steelers have certain bedrock principles that they stand by maybe more than any other organization in the NFL. But in the last few years, we have indeed seen them break from some of that tradition. And so if they have more salary cap room and more cash than they have ever had in Kevin Colbert's tenure, and Kevin Colbert is on his way out, why not go out with a bang? I'm yeah just go just, 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 it. just spend
2: spend spend i love it um now he does have hey, he hey, does
1: can, I, can i get you to repeat that and send that to my husband
2: a hundred percent spend 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 yeah yeah no I'll, I'll record it for you later in a separate one just send it off to you.
1: it's my money you and I it. yeah let's just spend it do whatever you
2: want with it burn it if you want uh sometimes it's the same as spending it right um and look, there are some decisions to make with players that are on their roster now. Devin Bush being one of them. Uh, Fifth-year option is coming up here. I know we, they talked about that a little bit too. Um, and we can get into that at, you know once those decisions become final. Um, but yeah, decisions to make in your own house. Decisions to make outside with bringing people in. It's going to be an interesting offseason here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in terms of players, going to have some new faces coaching them. Especially on the defensive side. We'll get into that right after this.
3: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today.
4: Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot
0: All right, back here with
2: you on NFL Inside Report, Uh, colleague Aditi Kinkabala, uh, back here with us talking Steelers and AFC North. Here we'll get into some unsolicited advice that Aditi had for the AFC North uh, outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll do that here in just a moment. But first, let's start with the changes coming to the Steelers coaching staff, particularly on the defensive side. Keith Butler's out as defensive coordinator. Terrell Austin is in as the defensive coordinator. Who Spent a couple of years uh, with the Detroit Lions under Jim Caldwell. Spent some time with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and then, of course, the just recently, the Steelers make official the hire of Brian Flores. Well, as we all know, fired by the Miami Dolphins, suing the National Football League and three individual clubs as well uh, on the basis of racial discrimination. Yet, the Steelers still wanted to bring him onto the staff. And I, I think it's not surprising uh, considering the Steelers' commitment um, to minority hires and to hiring good coaches in general. And I, I felt like that's kind of how Kevin Colbert answered it when he was asked um, you know, what it meant to bring Brian Flores into the organization, uh, Aditi. What, what insight do you have into that hire, that process at all?
1: This is a no-drama club. And it's funny, that because I was just asked about this actually the other day, and I think it was on the air um, on NFL Network. And if there's one thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers and there's one thing about Mike Tomlin, in 10 years of covering Mike Tomlin, if he does not want to answer a question, he is not going to answer a question. So if he does not want to create a big deal about Brian Flores getting a, you know, as it's been said a lifeline or a landing spot or any of that, then it's not going to be a deal. And this is, you know, this is one of the things that you have to love about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, that they sit here and they say, there's a great coach available and we have a position for him and he's grossly overqualified for it, but he says, sure, I'll come aboard and help you win. Okay, done deal. (laughs) Like, why does it have to be anything more than that? But again, let's not forget that it's Art Rooney's late father, Dan Rooney, who is the namesake of the Rooney rule, has really taken a hit, Rhett, the last few years. Oh, for sure. And that's simply because of what Brian Flores is saying, right? But, I mean, all around, we're sitting here and saying, does this even work? And uh, does it even make sense? And how much of this is sincere and genuine and just kind of trying to check the boxes and cross the T's and dot the I's. And so, to that sense... Whether it is a conscious statement or not, the Steelers are indeed saying, this is something that we care about. We're not going to leave a great coach just hanging and flying in the wind or flapping in the wind simply because he's calling a wrong a wrong. It's not for me to say whether Art Rooney went to Mike Tomlin and said, hey, we should do this whether it was Mike Tomlin saying for the first time in 15 years, because look, let's be very honest about this. Let's be upfront. A fact is a fact. In 15 years, he has never had a black quarterbacks coach. He has never had a black offensive coordinator. He's never had a minority offensive coordinator. You know, he has not had a minority defensive coordinator until again this year with the elevation of TA. And so it's hard to say, oh, Mike Tomlin was just, kind of trying to make a grand statement or or do this or do that. Um, It's hard to say that Art Rooney forced that because he certainly wasn't forcing anything like that in the last 15 years. Look, and I've told this story, Red, so I'll tell it again. The first time I met Brian Flores was in 2018. It was the... No, actually, I'm sorry. It was 2019. It was right after the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And Brian Flores' Patriots had just shut down what was supposed to have been a high-flying Rams offense in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Flores was about to be introduced, I believe the very next day, in fact, as the Miami Dolphins head coach. And I'm walking out and Steve Weiss was with me and I see Brian Flores. I see him outside and I jokingly say to him, You just won the Super Bowl. You just designed the defense that won the Super Bowl. You're about to become one of 32 head coaches in the NFL. And you don't rate car service? (laughs) (laughs) Like You're literally walking a mile to your hotel with a 5-year-old and a 7-year-old. Oh my gosh. And and, uh, what's going on here? And he just looked around and he laughed. And he said, I'm a man among the people. Like I'm no different than anyone else. And I I remember thinking... This is a dad. That to me, I just thought like, okay, this is a dude.
2: So what does Brian Flores bring to this coaching staff and how can he help a player like former first rounder Devin Bush, who the Steelers need to make a decision on here relatively soon?
1: You mentioned Devin Bush earlier. Devin Bush is a young man that Kevin Colbert traded up for. Kevin told Colbert had only traded up for in the NFL draft in two decades, only twice before. Once for Troy Polamalu, who's a Hall of Famer, and once for Santonio San Holmes, who won in uh, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And so the third time he traded up for was Devin Bush. And in that draft, it was seen as Devin White and Devin Bush were the two best linebackers available. And Devin White obviously wasn't going to be available to the Steelers. They moved up to 10. They took Devin Bush. He got hurt. Last year was the first year off of that ACL surgery. There's a lot of talk that, you know what, it really takes a full year off of that, especially at that position. But there's also been a little bit of a question about Bush's mindset and who he is and how committed he is, which is kind of crazy because the young man was like coming in. He was the biggest gym rat that ever existed. He's the son of a former NFL player. He allegedly came out of the womb reading a playbook. So I think that, the Steelers moving on from Joe schobert who is a veteran linebacker that they kind of brought in at the last minute to wear the green dot, wear the headset helmet, giving Devin Bush that back. Having a coach like Brian Flores to really push him and get the most yeah. out of him. Yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of tentacles to it. I think that Ta is a very open-minded guy who's got a lot of strong ideas and proven ideas. I think Brian, Fl- Brian Flores is a guy who's got strong proven ideas. And you know it's kind of like team of rivals. I don't know that Mike Tomlin's going to listen to everybody, but at least the ideas will be out there in the room. I like and that's that. that thing.
2: And I, and I love that sentiment from a from a head coach like Mike Tomlin. It takes some comfortability in your own skin, you know, to do that. Too. You
1: know, and when I was first hired here in the city of Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin had three former head coaches on his staff. Yeah. Nick LeBeau was his defensive coordinator. He'd been a head coach. Todd Haley, who'd been a head coach in Kansas City, was his offensive coordinator. And Mike Munchak, who'd also been a head coach in Tennessee, was Great his yeah. line coach and ran his kind of run game in many ways. So at the time, you know, there were four head coaches on this staff. And that team did have a lot of, I mean, it, that team won a lot of games.
2: Certainly. Um, Okay, outside of the Steelers, who I think we've figured out need a quarterback, um, you mentioned some other advice for some teams around the division. Bengals, of course, signing Jesse Bates. Priority one, right? Not just because he's a great player. He's like a foundational piece.
1: He is. And you know, there's the Bengals have really turned over their roster in the last few years and remade it in many ways and the one thing that Duke Tobin who's in charge of personnel there had said to me was kind of the priority is we want guys that love ball and Jesse Bates is just such a smart 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 heady insightful player he's a leader in the sense that he's not going to yank you aside in front of everyone but he's not afraid to pull you aside and talk to you Quietly, if you think something isn't right. And when you look at that way, the the way that the Bengals defense played, Red, they didn't necessarily have gaudy numbers. Like you weren't like, oh, this is the number one pass rushing unit, or oh, this is number one in turnovers. But this group, came up with the big play when they needed to come up with the big play. And this group was so nimble in adjusting on the fly. <laughs> I mean, we saw that in two Kansas City games, right? Like completely being destroyed in the first half and then coming out in the second half and shutting things down. Yeah, So much of that is because of those two safeties. Mom, Bell, and oh, Jesse 100%. Plates it's sort of the back-end communication is so important and the way that Von Bell and Jesse Bate read each other and talk to each other and work with each other and you know have forced the secondary to meet every Tuesday on their day off over Chick-fil-A and you know I just (laughs) this is one of those guys you need to keep
2: And for the Browns, uh, Jarvis Jarvis Landry, tell him you love him and you want him back and you need him involved. But I I feel like even bigger than that, are they sold on Baker Mayfield?
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
2: But I think that has a lot to do with whether you know Jarvis Landry is a part of the picture moving forward too.
1: Well, Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And that's why I said be involved. Involved Yeah, (laughs) like there are certain players that you need to actually speak to who feel yeah. so invested in the growth of the team and the shape of the team and what the team should look like. And that's one of those bedrock guys that I personally believe, you know, it's almost separate of position. It, yeah. It's very easy to say that the quarterback can be a leader, right? Yeah. But like sometimes it's another guy that sets the tone for a locker room. Sometimes it's another guy who's really, really smart and can have a read on what the team should be and what the team needs and can give you a true and honest and fair read of what the pulse of the locker room is. And I just think that at this point in his career, this is a guy that you can absolutely trust. This is a guy that has given you everything that he possibly can for four years. And am I biased because I just love the way he approaches the game? Yes, I am. But so what? Sure. Part
2: of our job. The Ravens have seen some pass rushers leave on uh, free agency. Matthew Judon most recently last year had a dra- great year with the New England Patriots. Uh, they drafted a guy like Jalen Ferguson in the third round a couple of years ago at a lot of tech. Haven't seen mm-hmm. a ton from him. Started right. to get some out of Tyus Bowser. who uh, was a second round pick a few years back this past year. And then and
1: he tore his Achilles. So how long is he out for? Right. right. Justin Houston is a free agent. Um, Pernell McPhee. I don't know what he's doing. I think he might be retiring. I'm not sure. You know, other than let's Odafe be Owe. other than yeah, Daffy Owe, yeah. Who do you really feel the rookie the well he's not a rookie now he will be a second year player out of Penn State a dafe away outside of him who are you feeling is really rushing the passer and if you were the Baltimore Ravens you just you I mean that that's your identity I'm sorry yeah you have to make life hell for the passer no doubt that's it
2: that's what they do um But yeah, that's a look. easier said than done, although this is a great draft class, by the way, to need to find some pass rushers because it's arguably the strongest position group in this entire class. Kevin Gilbert Um,
1: did say that. He went out of his way to say that it's deep at wide receiver, deep at outside linebacker, deep at cornerback, not necessarily deep at center and guard, which even as we talk about all these things with the AFC North, look, other than the Browns, everybody needs a new offensive line. The Bengals need a new offensive line. The Steelers need a new offensive line and the Ravens need to address their offensive line.
2: Yeah. There you go. Uh, Didi King uh, fantastic insight uh, on all things Steelers and AFC North. And uh, please catch her and co-host Mike Yam on the NFL explained podcast. They do a fantastic job uh, over there. And of course, always uh, look forward to our next chat here on NFL inside
0: report. Thanks to Didi.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: That's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Thanks so much for being with us here. Reminder to download, rate, review our show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We certainly appreciate it. And we'll catch you right back here next week from Indianapolis in the NFL Scouting Combine. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
0: Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh. Green Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower
4: A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes these treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit dexcom.com/compatibility.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of Steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel.